0: This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire
1: gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss, brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on. Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. And a good evening, everybody. Hope your day went well today. Uh, Welcome to the Eskimos Coaches Show. After a week away, it's back to work this week for the Eskimos. They returned to practice yesterday. Uh, they will uh, try and get back in the wind column on Saturday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth when they host the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, 7.30 is start time. The game will be heard on 103.9 Kiss and we'll have uh, the uh, pregame show for you at 6.30 on Saturday. Uh, back from the bye week and back in studio, it's head coach Jason Moss. Good evening, coach. You uh, should probably turn your mic on. There we go. <laughs> um... Tell me about the, the bye week. Does a coach get any rest on a bye week? Does a coach with uh, five straight losses get anything uh, anything out of his mind about football on a bye week? How was it for you?
0: No, you don't. Uh, that's the the problem with losing and problem with losing in football, particularly when you go on a streak like ours and haven't won since August. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of easy nights or easy days. So uh, that's part of the grind and part of trying to make it right. So no, I didn't have any bye week. You know, I took a day off to... Refocus and reshape things, but still was thinking about it. You know, took my son hunting and watched my daughter do a couple shows at the uh, West Edmonton uh, Fashion Week or Western Canada Fashion Week. Watched her do some shows there and enjoyed my time with my family, but my mind was constantly on football, which is where it should be, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, uh, everybody talks about the players in the bye week and how important it is to get away and to get rested and to get recharged. I imagine that goes for the coaching staff, too. They're they're not as physically taxed, but mentally taxed, uh, I'm sure it's more so. They do a lot of work. They work a lot of hours. How important is the bye week to the coaches?
0: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, sleep, sleep deprivation is a real thing in coaching. Um, you know, your mind is constantly working. Uh, we put in a lot of hours. Uh, get a lot of sleepless nights, so in order to refresh and recharge, that sleep is something that you desperately want. And during your bye week, it's I was thinking about football, but I also slept my hours I needed to sleep that I'm normally mm-hmm. used to sleeping. So, um, but the rest of the day was focused on football. So, you know, rest is at a paramount uh, or uh, is a big thing for a coach. So when you can get your get away from it or just sleep. Uh, it's a nice thing.
1: Yeah, I, I had an assistant coach one time a few years ago tell me that uh, the bye weeks the only time he gets eight hours sleep and the only time he eats any vegetables. Oh. <laughs> Other than that, it's he's awake and he's eating pizza, right? Yeah, no question. <laughs> I mean,
0: and time with your family. I mean, that's that's the most important. That's what I love about it, too. I love being in Edmonton, being back with my family year-round. It's been so long since I've been able to enjoy bi-weeks. Usually in the past, for the previous five years I was coached before I got back to Edmonton, I mean, I was traveling home on bye weeks and you'd be home for two or three days and then you have to travel back you lose two days you don't get much sleep because time zone changes i mean so it's so much nicer to be in edmonton with my family and and uh get to see them longer and for more more often
1: uh we talked uh, about the five game losing streak you, you started the season winning seven in a row now you've lost five in a row it's it's kind of weird to to look at a schedule and how it breaks down like that uh can you put your finger on why everything was going so well for seven weeks and then everything just went the wrong way for five straight weeks?
0: Oh, it's hard to put your finger on any one thing. I mean, uh, there's a variety of reason, reasons we won the first seven. Um, a lot of depth, a lot of character wins, uh, a lot of close wins, a lot of guys that just played ball, didn't care about nothing, and just dealt with adversity. Um you know, and at the end of the day, just made plays when there's an opportune times to make them. Um, the last five, you know, we've not done that as well. you know, we've been our own enemy in a lot of them, uh, starting off slower, um, bad things happening at, at inopportune times and not making up for it. And I think as the losses uh, compound one another, it's nature, it's human nature to start doubting and start uh, getting upset and frustrated, and start questioning things. And I think no matter what locker room, no how great you are and how great your locker room is, you know those types of uh, that type of mindset creeps in at times. The time to doubt, and um, even if it's for brief moments, even if it's for a play here or a quarter here, or a quarter there, I saw a lot of fight in our club to the very end. But I can't say for certain that there wasn't a time when guys were like, man, this is going on again, and it's been three or four weeks straight. you know. So I think the bye happened in a great time for us. It, it kind of ended our second third of the season. It opens up fresh our last third of the season. I thought we fought very hard the last two games. Both those games could have went either way for us on one or two calls. And... Uh, and I say one or two calls, I'm not meant necessarily meaning the referees, I'm saying mm. one or two plays, I guess, could have went one way or the other, and we're looking at 9-3 and three and a two-game winning streak coming off the bye. So we're that close to that happening. So I know for our team it was about resetting, recharging, refocusing, and dropping that uh, negative idea of what we are and, and start with some positive and some new things. I was talking
1: to Darius Bowman today, and he's, he was telling me that uh, 7-0 and really helps you when you're at the tail end of a losing streak, which I'm sure you hope you are, uh, to know that you were that good at one point and you haven't made drastic changes, you're just starting to get healthy again to a certain extent, how much do you lean on the fact that, hey, we've we've done this, we've won games, we're 7-0, we, you know, well, we haven't you won in a long time, but we did win.
0: What I told our team was this, I, I kept a journal, uh, You know, I got a rocket book or whatever they're called, they're the microwavable things that you can mm-hmm. put a pen, Frick's on pen to yeah. and write it in and you can erase them in the microwave. Anyways, I got one of those about the start of the season, and I started to keep a journal. And I only kept a journal for the first seven weeks. For whatever reason, I stopped after we lost one game.
1: Well, you got to get the journal going again. Yeah, (laughs) well, maybe it is.
0: And, uh, you know, it was interesting to go back and look at those seven games and the thoughts that I wrote down and the types of games we played. I'm telling you right now, we faced way more adversity in those first seven games than we faced in those last five. Mm -hmm. We just – at the end of the day we didn't win these any of these five and but we faced a ton of adversity ton of injuries tons of different things that went on great comebacks losing your kicker in one game for a whole quarter and a half you know the type of comeback in Hamilton that we had you know there were some major wins in there and uh you know this. The last five, there was opportunities for that same stuff to happen, no matter what transpired early in games. We just didn't overcome them, and so that's what I think of. And I get, I get a lot of positive feelings. That's what took me about two or three days to think of that on my bye. and then I start thinking about how deep we were coming out of camp, and how tested we were with our depth through the first 12 games, and then I start thinking about how many guys we were getting back. And in two weeks, if no one gets hurt from here on, there. We're going to be about as healthy as we've ever been with a lot of people who have played this year. So as deep as we were coming out of camp, we're way deeper right now. And now that we have these guys coming back, you know, you get excited. But I never lost my confidence in anybody in our locker room. I mean, I, I feel like no matter who we put out there, we're capable of beating anybody. But it is nice to have guys that you relied on early in the season back because you're a more competitive roster when that's able to happen. How much of a challenge is this to you right now as a coach? It's extremely challenging. I mean, um, you know, to deal with wins, to deal with losses, to deal with uh, ups and downs of a season, to deal with 82 different psyches on a team, to deal with coaches, to deal with players, to deal with management, to deal with fans, to deal with uh, the game in and of itself, I mean, is a challenge. So um, how to motivate people, how to... You know, come up with plans. Uh, how to practice your schedule, your practices. How to deal with injuries. How to, you know, make things right. Um, there's a lot of thought that goes into football. A lot of thought that goes into to leading, and uh, trying to make things right. Um, but I love doing it. Uh, have a lot of fun doing it. And that's one of the things I preach. And that's one of the things I, am you know, I. It sucks about being five and oh or zero and five the last five games. But again, I've always said one. If you've ever heard me talk about playing football. If only those five days are what make you love football, then you're in the wrong business. Because when something like this happens, that means you've been miserable for a month and a half. And I can't say that I've been miserable for a month and a half. I've been miserable for five days and some stretches <laughs> of other days, but I love doing what I do. I love coming in the building. I love trying to motivate our players, trying to get our players ready to play. Our coaches love to do that. Our players love to play. Our players love to practice, uh, be around each other. So football's still a lot of fun. And you got to keep in mind that we play a game for a living. Um, obviously we want to play it better and we want to win, but it's not from a lack of trying and, uh, you will get it right. And that's the mindset going forward.
1: Uh, it's kind of weird. I don't know how to phrase this, but I mean, it's all about winning in pro sports, but there's more to coaching than winning, right? And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. You're still, you're still coaching and you still got a good group of guys you like working with and everything. Yeah.
0: I mean, what, what are you going to do with a team that went seven and oh and oh and five in a stretch? You went 7-0 for a reason, doing the things you've done. and Now you've gone 0-5 and, and you're trying to figure out some things that can help you. But at the end of the day, you know, I believe in the things we do. I believe in our schemes. I believe in our players. I believe in our coaches. I believe in how we prepare, practice. I believe the players in the room, all those things. I just know this about football. Football is a crazy game. If you don't play well in all 60 minutes and all three phases, at times you can get beat. Uh, it's as simple as that. So we have to play better. We have to be better but uh i love the grind i love when things are hard i'm not i'm not one of those guys i think anyone could do this job if it was real easy but the fact of the matter is it's not and that's why not everyone can do it and won't won't do it they'll wilt under pressure they'll cave in when it matters and i'm not like that and i don't think anybody in our rooms like that so as hard as this going has been when we come out of it it's going to make that much better was easy more people would do it, right? Absolutely.
1: It is a 744. You're listening to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We'll take a break and be back right after this on the voice of The Eskimos, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 6:30 Chad. Uh, coming up to 7.49. Uh, good evening, everybody. Hope your day is going well with the coach in studio uh, tonight on the Eskimos uh, Coaching Show. want to pick Blue Bombers here on uh, Saturday, 7.30 for the kickoff, 6.30 for the pregame show over on our sister station, uh, 103.9 Kissin' FM. Uh, Jason, a couple of moves have been made since you last played a game about 10 days ago. I just want to kind of maybe just quickly go through a, a, a couple of them. Shemad Chambers traded to Hamilton. Uh, today, Chris Getzlaff was released. Kind of the... I, it just seemed like it was tough to find a spot for those two guys, those national receivers, to play in your system right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to when we signed both of them in the off season, you know, there was thought of us going with two nationals most of the year. That's what our plan was coming out of coming out of camp, and you know, with the emergence of Duke and the injuries to Shemad, uh Nate not being around, it was uh, and Getty being here. It was just we felt like our strength of our football team and then Arjun's emergence as well allowed us to flip our ratio on the defensive side. But, you know, it just became evident that, you know, the strength of our football team right now is our... American receivers that come in, that we're very stacked in that, and that was nothing against our national guys, but the two guys that we're talking about, you know, the jobs that we thought they would have, you know, that's the one job that we took away because the way Corey plays and the things we ask him to do, that position's usually, um, you know, going to always be a guy like him, and uh, so yeah, it was more about not being able to f- get them on the field. And they're talented players, and they had all their opportunities. And it's hard to stand in the way of a guy's opportunity when they're older in their career anyways. And um, they have other opportunities, and, you know, we can't fit them in. So it would have made it more difficult on us to do that. Um, And then we have other moves that we wanted to make. And in order to do that, you know, salary comes into that too. So, you know, um, it ended up working out, I think, for everybody. I think it will end up working out for Getty. Um, and Shamad obviously is back home and played well in his last game and they won, so I'm happy for him. Um, and then obviously happy for our team as well. I know, we, I know what we're about, and I know what the guys that are going to step into their roles. Will do the job. You watched
1: that all last year. You've watched him this year. You know, I, I don't think he caught a ball, a ball this year, but he did. He played a lot of games. Can he still play? Do you think he can still make yeah, an impact caught, somewhere?
0: He caught balls this year. Uh, he played against Winnipeg. Oh, last that's time right. He yeah, yeah. And he a Big touchdown against yes. Ottawa. Oh, Virginia. that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> I was there. No, Should've Getty. <laughs> we all love Getty in our locker room. There's nobody yeah. that doesn't like him. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. Uh, you know, I had a lot of great conversations with Getty over the last mm-hmm. three or four weeks, and. Um, you know, I knew this was a, a possibility four weeks ago and we found room for him and he, he agreed to go to the practice roster and, you know, it just got too much for him as far as uh, opportunity, either whether it's going to be opportunities somewhere else or just, um, it's not easy to stay on the practice roster. So, um, you know, and, um, but if we end up getting him back at one point, it'll be a good thing, but either way, you know, he's a pro, everyone loves him and uh, we're, we'll sorely miss him, obviously.
1: Swayze Waters uh, signed this week and has been at practice the last uh, couple of days. Uh, Brock Sunderland uh, told the media yesterday that a return of Sean White's now, it's gone from like two to four weeks to six to eight weeks to nine weeks to 50-50 that he'll even return this year now. So obviously you had to go out and get an experienced guy to to, to kick for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just, it's one of those injuries that, you know, had we known this in hindsight that he was going to be out this long, we would have probably reached out to Swayze a lot earlier. But we weren't sure. And, um his injury just didn't quite jive with the the recovery and and all that and right now yeah we we don't know i mean um so to get to go out and get a proven guy that's done it in our league experienced um when he's on he's on uh we fully expect him to be that um so, you know, we're fortunate that he was available and out there. And then obviously we still look forward to Sean coming back if he can by the end of the year. But if not, we at least have a guy in-house right now that we believe in that can, can get the job done. And then we'll go from there. How has Waters looked through the two days of practice? Oh, he's looked very good. I mean, uh, looks very smooth when he's kicking. So uh, that will obviously uh, translate to the game for us. And that's what we're hoping.
1: Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers to start the the last third of the season Uh, you last year at this time you were five and seven and you kind of did a a reset uh, with the team and it worked out very well for you Uh, this year I know you're kind of taking the same approach you have a much better record at seven and five but you're you're doing that reset and I think I think we talked about this last year too it's great to do the reset but if you don't win that maybe that first game it's pretty hard to keep reaching it.
0: Yeah I mean at the end of the day as positive as I am and as positive as I believe we're going to come out of this results are what matter and we talked about it this week it's go time I mean <laughs> timing is of the essence right now I mean we don't uh, we don't need to wait for nothing don't don't and don't think about nothing but winnipeg this week that's that was our focus so uh we're taking it one game at a time we're not focusing on nothing else but this game and we want to see results um that's what we're in results oriented business so um you know you can preach all you want like you say but at the end of the day what we believe is we're going to win on saturday and uh we're doing the work this week to prove that and then we'll go out there and have to do it. If you hang around a football team, you'll hear the
1: phrase an awful lot. Uh, it's a big game because it's an X game, but this is a big game regardless. Yeah. I mean, the nine and three—they're in second place. You're seven and five. If you want to host a playoff game, you probably got to win to stay in this race for second no,
0: place. No question. And uh, we've played a lot of big games this year. So at our build in our building, so. Uh, this just adds another one to that. Uh, but you're right. It's the next one, and that's why it is the biggest one. And it's a second-place team. It's a team that started our downslide as well. We're fully aware of that. So there's uh, obviously motivation in that fact. They are ahead of us in the standings. Uh, you know, you, we'd like to win the season series, and to start to do that, you got to beat them. So... Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of great things that are going to happen after a victory against Winnipeg.
1: They're nine and three, so they're obviously doing a lot of things right. But just looking at the stats, they're number one in points per game, the number one in yards per game, the number one in rushing yards per game. They're number nine, which is number one in penalties uh, per game. They do a lot of things right offensively. It'll be a real challenge for your defense. No day.
0: question. So we'll be ready for it. Uh, I can assure you that much. Um, you know, the last time we played them. Um, they took it to us. Uh, we missed a lot of tackles. You know, when we talk about being fundamentally sound this week, it was a lot on, a lot to do with that. Uh, they dominated time of possession last time they played us too, which is a rarity when you play us. So they had a lot of opportunities. Our defense did stand strong in the red zone and and held them to a ton of field goals early in the game, um, and throughout. And so you know we looked to, to get off on the right foot early in this game and and. Make it a competitive game, be physical. You know, we need to control the time possession. We also need to protect our quarterback hit theirs and be disciplined on both sides, special teams as well. Um, you know, they're great in penalties, they're also great in the turnover ratio too. So, you know, protecting that ball is paramount when you play against them. I always feel like they're the best team at uh, dealing you adversity and dealing doing well when they get get a turnover. So I've always said if you don't turn the ball over against them, you, you increase your chances immensely against them to beat them. So that's what our focus will be this week.
1: 730 Commonwealth Stadium, 630 for the pregame show on 103.9 Kissin' FM with myself, Dave Campbell, uh, Blake Dermont, and uh, Brendan Ulrich. Uh, it is military appreciation night as well, so stuff an extra 20 in your jeans going to the game to buy one of those great-looking T-shirts as well to support uh, the military. Jason, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Eskimo head coach Jason Moss. That's the coach's show for this week. My name is Morley Scott. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.